All right, guys, welcome back into another episode of Painting Prospects from Floor to Ceiling. And today we have a very special episode with a couple of special guests. Uh, we're going to have Brady Burns and William Villeneuve, who are both draft eligible players from this draft, uh, who skate for the St. John Sea Dogs in the, uh, the Quebec League. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to join this call, but Ash was able to take it away with uh, Brady and William and uh, just have a good time with these guys. So I'm not going to waste too much time. I'm going to kick it right over to Ash with Brady and William. Hey guys, and welcome to yet another episode of Painting Prospects from Floor to Ceiling. I'm your host, Ash. Once again, we've got some special guests today. We've got a, a pair of old sea dogs. We've got Brady Burns and Will Venno. How are you going, boys? Good, and you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Hey. I'm good. Just a nice, uh, relaxing Sunday Mother's Day here today. So, cooked up a storm this morning and time to relax now. So, obviously, um, you'd be both disappointed about the season finishing um, early due to COVID-19. It's a big lifestyle change for you guys. Um, as of right now, what's a day look like for you guys? I mean, I know that the rinks aren't open where you are, but I know they're opening up um, in Ontario. Uh, is there any thought about going over there to get some ice time or...? You're just going to sort of stick it out at home now and, and just do some training. Yeah, but uh, here right now, so we got the border shut down, so it's pretty strict. So there's not much freedom to do right now. So we're kind of working on our own at our own houses. So I'm not really sure when the ice is going to be available for guys like me in Nova Scotia because it's pretty locked down. So hopefully as soon as possible, I can probably get out of here to get to the closest ice. That would be probably... It's probably what I'm looking to do now, but it's pretty locked up right now. So, um, for in Quebec, it's kind of the same thing. Um, everybody's everything, sorry, is pretty shut down. Um, ice gyms and stuff like that are not open, and I don't think they're they're gonna be open until a couple of weeks. So right now, just like Brady said, just working out in her home at her own houses and uh, trying to work on um small thing with the equipment that we have. They're basically just shooting pucks in the garage and just trying to stick handle and stuff, just try and keep yourself loose, basically, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's pretty much all right now. So just kind of doing the little things just to try to keep ahead of everyone else. So it's just uh, all the stuff at home kind of right now. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We don't have a lot of equipment, so. Yeah, because I didn't even realise that you couldn't even travel from province to province because where I am, we're allowed to, but you just have to basically... um, uh, notify that you've travelled. So we haven't got the those restrictions here. So, I mean, those guys in Ontario are going to get a jump because the practice facilities are now opening. So, I mean, it's obviously tough for you guys to have no ice whatsoever. Yeah, for sure. Like, hockey's um, in their life uh, almost every day when, um, when there's not a situation like that. So it's pretty hard to not being able to um, go in the ice, practice on your skills and do what you love. But uh, like we said, I think uh, right now it's all about uh, trying to get better in our home and with the equipment that we have. Getting on the ice is the funnest part of hockey. There's a lot of aspects towards it, so working out and all that. But uh, it's tough not being able to get out on the ice and have fun. So it's it's a tough time right now, but uh, just got to battle through it. Have you have you guys picked up any new hobbies during this downtime, or have you 
focused on anything to sort of take your mind off not being able to actually play hockey and be around the lads? Um, personally, I'm um, I'm working a little bit. I'm helping uh, one of my uh, best friends motor for his company. So I like it. It's going to give me a routine and waking up early in the morning and um, do what I have to do, work out at night. So it um, allows me to um, spend all the free time that we have and uh, yeah, I'll just make a little bit of money. And yeah, like I said, just give me a routine. Yeah, just for me, kind of trying to just get out every morning and try to stay active. Maybe, like, the parks are open up now. Maybe get out for a run. Sometimes uh, the boys play basketball just to, just to stay active a little bit with the buddies and stuff around here. And then, obviously, I'm working out at night. Sometimes in the morning. Sometimes it might be two times a day, just morning and night. But uh, trying to keep the cardio. And I got uh, an Aerodyne bike, so I try to use that as much as I can. And then definitely the workouts is probably the biggest aspect. So trying to do that as much as possible just to – just for something to do obviously and that's probably the biggest part I need to add to my game is the strength piece so yeah now you guys play on what is a really fun team to watch I mean not only yourselves you got Poirier Lawrence uh, De Roche Wah Kajkovic what's it like to be a part of a team with so much talent because it's when you get such a great group of, a group of uh, guys together and with so much skill, I mean, it makes a really nice visual on ice. It's a really good brand of hockey. Do you guys feel blessed to have such a, a skill group around you and to be such a part, of, integral part of that group? Um, yeah, for sure. For me, it's pretty special to play with um, guys, talents like that. I mean, uh, I think most of the guys we have been uh, – in St. John since two years. So uh, we have been able to grow and learn a lot together, going through the good and bad moments together. So um, I think a lot of uh, uh, good friendship are in, uh, in this team. So for me personally, I'm able to um, learn a little bit from uh, from everybody. Uh, like you said, there's a lot of uh, high, t- high skills guys in this team and uh, a lot of great persons. So yeah, for me, I'm able to learn from everybody. Yeah, just kind of the same thing. Thing obviously we're we're all around the same age group, so we're kind of all in the in the same shoes. So, uh, so obviously some ups and downs just having a younger team, but I think we're kind of all learning from each other, and we're all taking in new habits from each other every day. And I think it, it, it works out a lot in the long run. And I think just being with with the guys and such a skilled team, there's always you're all, you're always learning. So I think that's a kind of gives them their success as a group, just all the guys, just a bunch of different talented players and uh, kind of all looking for the same thing to win. So, And, of course, you two guys came in um, in the first and second round of the – well, both of you in the, in the entry draft in 2018. Was there a, a willingness to, to bond more so between you two guys? Because, you know, you did come in at the same time. You are both, you know, high picks, so there is expectation. Were you both sort of – gravitating towards each, uh, towards each other at that time? Yeah, obviously there was, there was five of us who came in at the 16-year-old year, so I, I'd say we were kind of like, there was us, the five 16-year-olds, so we kind of came in as a group together, and uh, we didn't really know what to expect coming to our first season, but we had a good uh, veteran group kind of showing us the ropes, and we kind of came in and got to play a lot and got, to, got all the opportunity we could ask for, and uh, I think it helped us a lot in our development past because we were all young and uh, just all the uh, – 
like all the stuff we got and like i'm just thankful that we got the saint john i think we kind of bonded as a group us five and i think it's there's a lot more of the younger guys now and i think there, there's going to be some guys coming up who are going to be coming through the same thing we came through when we were 16 so i mean yeah, exactly like bernsey said um it's pretty special you know to be in uh, at 16 but with like for the guys, um, I think um, people don't realize how hard it can be sometimes to be a 16 years old in the queue or even in the CHL. So um, to be five in the same situation, in the same uh, going through uh, the same uh, tough moments, the same uh, experience has been uh, it's been a blessing for me. And uh, like uh, Bernie said, um, to be in the St. John organization, they gave us uh, um, all the chances to uh, grow as a player, as a person. And I think. Um, to play a lot in her 16-year-old uh, season and to be able to uh, go uh, through a lot of learning uh, learning moments has been great for us. Yeah, Bray, being, you know, from uh, Nova, did, uh, did it, obviously the transition for you wasn't as, uh, probably as hard. Did some guys lean on you for, because, you know, especially William coming from, you know, Southern Quebec, into St. John, it can be a bit of a, a bit of a, not a culture shock, but a, a fair difference in lifestyle. And did a few guys sort of come to you at all? Um, for sure, yeah, it's different uh, for me personally. Coming from um, from Quebec, it's a uh, um, it's a different province, you know. Uh, at sixteen, it's pretty young to leave your family, uh, leave your friends, leave your school. So it's a lot of change at the same time. So um, for me personally, last year I had the um, good vets who helped me a lot going through uh, all this, and uh, I feel like right now, uh, last year I've been able to help. Uh, Joshua, who came uh, as a 16-2 from Quebec and in an English environment. So I think, yeah, he's I've been in, uh, like kind of a resource for him during uh, tough moments or something like that. Yeah, Brady, you're from um, Port Williams, which is, I would suppose, a, a tiny town, um, an inlet town of about roughly about 1,000 people, if I'm not wrong. Um, what was it like growing up there? I mean... I did some research and there's some pretty, there's a fair few rinks around. Um, uh, got an impressive ones such as the McCain Arena close to you. Um, but growing up in sort of a, a smaller community, did you ever have to travel like, you know, going to, to Sherbrooke, for example? I mean, that's what a six, six and a half hour round trip. Was there a lot of travel for you, as a, especially as a young child, to, to play competitive hockey? Yeah, obviously, sometimes it's different just not having a, as much hockey players around you and your environment. It's different. Like, there's a couple guys who are playing at a high level like me. But besides that, sometimes, like, the ice is going to be out in the uh, summer. So usually in the summer, two, two times a week, driving to Halifax, it's about an hour drive of a bigger city. They always got the ice. So that's kind of what I'm doing in the summer. And, yeah, obviously, there's not going to be as many guys around. So you're kind of have the same drive as you want to do the same thing as you. So sometimes it's hard if you're the only guy that – is trying to do the same goal. Like now that when we're in St. John together, like everyone's kind of the same person. They're all trying to get to the next level and we're kind of all on the same page. So it's, it's different in the summertime when I'm kind of on my own, but I deal with it. So you're still in Port Williams now. Is your family still there? Yeah, that's, that's where I've been for my whole life. So that's where I'll probably be for a long time. So that's where, yeah, we're still living there now. So. And the interesting thing is too, out of, um, there's not a great database of players that come from Port Williams. So you have the chance to become the first drafted player from Port Williams. That will give you the key to the city, surely. 
Yeah, yeah, probably just, uh, I guess, New Minus would be the closest town to us and probably eight-minute drive. But I guess Drake Batherson, he's playing in Ottawa. So I'd, I'd, I'd still say he's the top hockey player around for now because he's in the big league. So I'd, it's kind of like Port Williams. There's probably New Minus, Wolfville, Kempville, the surrounding areas. So we're kind of like we call it the Valley. So it's kind of all one commute all one big community. So he's probably the, the top player to come out here so far from around here. So, But he's still not from Port Williams. He hasn't got that on you. <laughs> yeah. Now, William, you're from more a traditional hockey town um, in Sherbrooke. Um, Yannick Perot, David Perron, uh, Robodar, just a, are a few guys that come from there. Uh, are they guys that you perhaps as a child looked up to or have they had any involvement in your hockey career to date? Um, I'm not really close from them, but uh, like um, uh, David Perron uh, during the summer, sometimes he's, he's coming out uh, where I'm um, training and uh, where I'm playing hockey. So maybe once a week uh, um, we're playing a game together or something. And um, Stefan Robida, I know him um, a little bit more because uh, one of uh, his son, uh, Justin, is uh, one of my best friends. So I know him a little bit more, and when I was young, he, I did a couple practice for him uh, with him. Sorry, so but uh, no, nothing extra. Well, of course, Perot was a bit before your time, but but David Perron as a person, like I mean, he's a guy that has been around a few teams. He's a really good vet. He had a really good season this season before it got you know cut down. And what's he like as a role model for you? I mean, you're saying you get to get exposure to him basically on on a weekly basis. Has he ever just pulled you aside one-on-one and just sort of talked you through basically what, what's next, like with this draft process? I mean, I know you probably haven't seen him recently because there's no ice, et cetera, but has he just pulled you aside and, and spoken to you one-on-one and just tried to help you at all? Um, not one-on-one, but like when he was talking in the locker room, you can. Um, I was able to see that this guy went, went through a lot. I think he was playing like mid-jet B and – um, he finished to be a first round pick in the NHL and he had an awesome career. So, um, yeah, it was just listening to him. I was able to learn a lot of things. And um, I think um, you're able to see that all those people are different. Uh, I don't think if David Brown would be a normal person, he will be where he, where he is today. I think uh, everything he's doing, it's different. His mentality is different. And I think uh, that's what uh, brought him at the end uh, at the highest level of hockey in the world. Having that rise of promise, I suppose he plays with a, a sense of thankfulness for the game, which I'm sure everyone does, but he's just got such a level head and a good leader. Is he someone you mm-hmm. sort of try and model? Because, of course, you, you've got an A on your on your chest. Is he someone that you sort of look up to or sort of try and emulate his leadership style? For sure. I mean, uh, he went through a lot of games too. He's a role model for all the hockey players in, in Quebec, but in Sherbrooke, he's from there. And um, I was able to talk with his coach too. And he was just telling me, um, like I said, how different he was. And um, he was maybe giving me some advice. I'll, I'll take a hedge on, 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 that, on the, the different players, what do differently to um, um um, putting me uh, in front of the others. So, yeah, that's, that's all about learning. For sure, he's a role model for, for me, but for all the occupiers in Sherbrooke. Brady, what are your favourite memories of playing midget, travelling around Nova? Uh, probably just 
our season got cut short a little bit. We'll mind uh, just getting hurt there later in the season. I only got to play about 25 games, but uh, definitely just being back with my friends because I was away in my second year band. I'm out, out west in Notre Dame playing at that private school. So just getting back one year, and I just knew midget year, there's a good chance to be my last year playing. Like, with my friends from home, it was probably going to be my last year living at home. So I just trying to try to cherish that as much as I could because I knew that there's a decent chance that at 16, I probably won't be living at home for a long time. Probably never. So I just had to take that in every day, just going to the rank, I, the community rank around here, just 15 minutes from my house and knew that probably wouldn't be practicing here as much anymore with my buddies from home. So it was kind of a good last year just to be around my buddies and have some fun. And I think that was a fun year for me before I had to the queue. Yeah. That Valley Wildcats same thing. You did only play 26 games, but you still managed to get 39 points. So it wasn't like it was a, a lost season for you. You still managed to you know, impact. I mean, what did you miss? 10 games? 11 games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say nine games, I think it was. Yeah, so you got three quarter season in. But William, you've had, you've played on played with some really good players um, through your midget teams. I mean, talk about uh, Jacob Dion, uh, Charles Bourdain. Um, Patrick Gay and a young guy who's oh, I really like next year's draft, um, Isaac Boulevou. Um, are you still close with a lot of those guys? I mean, because you've ba- basically played with them for near, what, three seasons. Um, yeah, for sure. It was um, all, um, when I was young, you know, I've always been on the, on the winning team. I've been uh, playing with the same players. So, but obviously, uh, my midget was, was uh, my best so far in my career. Um, we won um, our championship in the league, and uh, unfortunately, we lost in the final of the Toys Cup. But uh, like a little bit, like Brady said, just or last year, I'm playing with a lot of your friends, and um, I think uh, going to junior, it's become more of a business. You know, you're not playing with your friends anymore. There's there's a lot of more on the line. So yeah, like Brady said, uh, playing midget your your last season with your uh, with your close friend with your friend that you played since you're young. It's been pretty special. And um, I've been lucky to be on the successful team where we had a lot of fun, where we won enough, a lot, sorry. So, yeah, it's been great. Out of those guys, uh, Dion Badan, Gay, and Bulavo, which one of those guys do you think, Jacob and Isaac, a, a defenseman, out of those guys, is there anyone that you sort of you feel that you could gauge yourself against or that there was a healthier competition there to improve yourself? Because... You know, playing together, it can be fun, but sometimes it's, you know, a bit of healthy competition never hurts. Did any of yeah. you guys sort of put it to each other to, to really push yourselves to be better players? Yeah, exactly. It's a little bit the same thing in St. John, um, you know, playing with JP and Charlie. They're awesome guys, but also awesome players. So um, I think we have a great friendship and it's all about um, pushing, uh, the, pushing each other to get better every single day. And that was a little bit the same thing in Magog, you know, um, Jacob and Isaac, you know, they're, they're my friends. And uh, that was a little bit of the same thing uh, that happened in St. John, you know, trying to, trying to get better every day, push each other to uh, um, get better every day. And uh, I think that was a healthy competition for sure. Yeah, and that's that's what I was gonna say. Healthy competition. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it it can be sort of it can get awkward at times because you know you're competing for the same ice time. But at the end of the day, if you've got a a good attitude towards who's got the ice time, etc. I mean, it only improves the team and yourself. So there's no negatives whatsoever. So obviously now that there is chatter 
about the draft being pushed forward uh, to early June, which is nearly three, four weeks away now. Um, we'll start off with you, Brody. What are your feelings towards the draft now? I mean, obviously, the realisation is that the last few games aren't going to be played. Um, there's probably not going to be playoffs for you guys. It's done. Um, obviously, now the draft is coming up. It's the next thing on your calendar. What are your feelings towards the draft? Are you excited, nervous? Yeah, obviously, like, it is what it is. So there's nothing you can control now. This, the season's over, and it's tough. We didn't get the playoffs because last year we missed it at their 16-year-old year, and we're all excited and eager to get in the first round and try to upset a top team. And That was kind of our goal in the room. So it's obviously tough not getting out to finish your season, but it gives you more time to train for your 18-year-old year, which is huge. But, uh, yeah, obviously, it's just – there's nothing you can do now. So you just got to sit back and whatever happens, happens because there's, there's nothing to prove anymore. Like hockey's done for, for now. So it is what it is the, whenever the draft happens, like you get drafted or not at the end of the day, like can't change your work ethics. So you're just going to have to, we're pushing for a championship in St. John's. So I'm just kind of focused on trying to get stronger to be a better player for the team. Yeah. And, and as you said, that your uh, baseline of work is now complete for the year. And, and when you think about it, is there any somewhat regret or anything you'd change throughout the season? Because when, when you look at the broad scope of things, it's this season that, you know, your draft eligible season, it's so important. And it's not just one year of work. It's, you know, basically from when you're six years old, it's nearly 12 years of skating, coaching, playing. It's everything that you've done in the past as a child and, and coming up through your teens. I mean, hockey isn't just about getting drafted. It's fun. It's it's what we love. But when it comes to the draft year, it's it's not just this body of work. It's everything you put forward. So when you look back at just this season, is there anything that you'd you'd think you could change or or would change? Knowing now that there's no more hockey. Yeah, obviously, like sometimes if people are gonna have regrets, but I think you got to just you got to be a no regret player, and you always got to put put your 100% into it. And I think when the draft comes, it's, it's not a do or die moment in my hockey career. I think whatever happens, happens. And I'm not going to look at it at, at a positive way or negative way. I'm not going to get too high or low, whatever happens. And yeah, obviously like, it's not, it's not the end of the like day when it's, when it comes, if I don't get drafted, then I know that I'll just be more motivation because you're eligible until you're 19. So I, I always think I got to play with something to prove. So that's probably what's in my head right now. What about you, William? Um, no, like Brady said, I, have, I don't have any regrets. I mean, uh, maybe um, all the mistake that I did was um, certain thing that I'm learning, uh, running from right now. But no, no regrets. Uh, like Brady said, you got to do uh, what you got to do, and you got to do what you think is best for you at the moment. And uh, maybe um, if, uh, like I said, there's a mistake or something, you're able to learn from it. But uh, in terms of the draft, I think. Um, it's out of our control right now. The season is over. Um, it is what it is. And you just got to keep the same mentality. I uh, go work out and trying to get better with um, the stuff that you have. And at the end of the day, the draft is just a number. Um, it's just a step through uh, all the dream. I think um, every hockey player's dream is to play in the NHL to make a career. And um, the draft is just a step in the, what it counts as after, what, what you're going to do after. And, um, yeah, that's all it is about. Yeah, and, and you said it rightly. Like once you get drafted, at the end of the day, it's just the number. Um, the real work starts, you know, in your um, once next season rolls around. 
Um, yeah. A lot of people pay attention to, you know, where they get drafted and, and, and the, and the thing that can get frustrating is, you know, especially for players is, you know, where you get drafted does affect expectations. Um, but mm-hmm. I think you guys are both level held enough to know that it's it's not about expectations, it's about putting in hard work. And I think you guys are both putting a really solid body of work this season. I think that you're only, especially with this group moving forward, as you've said, next year should be a really good one for you guys. So I don't think there's any worry about you both obviously in my books, really, you know, high talented players. So I think there's no worry about getting drafted. Brady, relax. But serious question, do you guys pay attention to rankings? and what scouts, um, some feedbacks you may see or hear. And does it bother you if you're, say, reading a scouting report and someone has written a negative thing about you? Does that annoy you in the, in the sense that you've been working on something so hard for possibly a year, two years, and you think you've sort of got it nailed down and then does someone say that player X has a deficiency here, 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 etc.? Does it give you more drive or does, do you simply just ignore it and just continue playing your own style um for sure we do uh we do look at the rankings we see pretty much a lot of rankings but at the end of the day i think um every person have a different opinion of you and um for sure when i see uh maybe bad comments or uh, negativity on the internet for sure it pushed me to work harder and prove them wrong i think it's the mentality that you should have um, um every game and every moment in hockey just trying to prove everybody's wrong and trying to have fun through it. But no, it doesn't bother me. It just push me to work harder and um, get the work. Yeah, obviously the same as Will said, just be, like seeing negative stuff out there sometimes. If it pops up through your phone or whatever that is, like it's obviously going to push you and give you the right drive in the right direction to prove people wrong. And like rankings are – they're just rankings. Everyone's going to have their own opinions, so it's you can't worry about it too much. And some people could rank you real low or high, so it's not – can't change anything that goes through your head. You just got to keep working hard and just use it as fuel for negative stuff going around, obviously. Like people are going to say – people aren't going to all have the same opinion. It's not to, it's not going to be always what you want to hear, so you just got to expect the unexpected. Yeah. Well, at least you were happy with mine. Do you think I was fair on you, Brady? Pardon? Do you think I was fair on you? Because you did message me saying thanks for the uh, yeah evaluation. Yeah. So yeah, obviously I was re- like I yeah when you messaged me. So just it's kind of cool. Like obviously I I got to work on skating. It's probably my biggest asset in my game, and that's what you got to do to play pro. Is you got to be a great skater, and that's something I got to work on. Obviously, my stride needs to get better, and I obviously got to get stronger. So. Yeah, strength is the number one thing for me, and obviously working on your shot can put you in the right direction. So I think I need to work on my shot a lot more too. What about you, William? What do you think is your biggest uh, need to work on coming into next season? I'm a bit like Brady. I'm trying to get stronger and faster. I think uh, I'm pretty tall, but I'm not a um, not big defense. I'm I'm a little bit weak different um, physically. Sorry. So yeah, just all about uh, getting stronger and. Um, getting faster but i think it's just a question of time when uh, when i'm gonna put some weights on um yeah and when i'm gonna get stronger uh, from my legs and stuff like that i'm gonna get faster and more powerful so um i think uh, it's gonna get uh, way better you are one of my favorite defense in, in the class and one of one of my evaluations of you was more so 
I don't think your skating is not that bad. I think it's just more just some technical work in it, if anything. Mm-hmm. My strategy is a little bit different. It's a little bit like weird, I'll say. So maybe I'm um, I'm looking a little slower. And so yeah, like I said, that's something I'm trying to work on. And then there's nobody perfect. Uh, no. We all have something to work on. But for sure, I think that's something correctable. And I'm really, I'm working hard on it. So I'm pretty sure it's gonna get better. Where sort of winding, not winding up, but where we've sort of covered the draft, we've covered a bit about your games now. We're going to ask you some more, not fun questions, but it's more lighthearted stuff, make you guys think a little bit. All right, so when you're growing up, who are your NHL teams? And do you remember what your first jersey was as a child? Um, Brady, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously just. Growing up 50 minutes from Coal Harbor, about 50 to, to an hour. Uh, Crosby's usually Nova Scotia's favorite player, so that was my favorite player growing up. So I was always a Pens fan. And kind of when I was like a little bit younger, that's when the Pens were back-to-back champs. And that was that was my team. So it was kind of fun to watch them. So that was my team growing up. And I don't know about – I'm sure – I don't know if I can remember back to what my first jersey was, but I know I got a lot of – a lot of hockey jerseys. I got a lot of Pens ones in, in particular. That that could have possibly been it, but I'm not too sure on that. Um, for me, for sure, it was Montreal Canadian. Um, my favorite team growing up. Um, my first jersey that I had is actually a pretty good question. Um, I think that was a Andrew Markov jersey. Um, okay. He always been, um, yeah, a great defenseman, very smart. So uh, me and my dad was. Uh, we're looking a lot to him. He was uh, kind of a idol. So, yeah, I think that was the fair jersey that I got. Right, next question. What is each other's worst habit, either on ice or in the locker room? So, Brady, we'll start with you. What's William's worst habit? Uh, if he's got one. Pre- probably probably his pregame rituals. He, uh, he's got some bad ones, just the uh, with TJ. I got to say, I don't like that one. So that's probably his worst rituals is pregame just before the puck drop with the little elbow to TJ. That's going to be his worst one. Um, um, Brady's worst habit. I'll say his pregame meal. Um, I think Brady's pregame meal is pretty much a ice cap and a bagel. So <laughs> I think that was his, pretty much his worst habit personally. Yeah. All right, guys. I will start. William, this one will go to you. The game is on the line. Um, we're in a shootout one shot to win it all out of you and Brady who's taking it and why oh Brady's taking it for sure he's he's a master at shootout and, but I'm pretty I'm more interested in this um, this early after his goal um, that's pretty much a movie I think you will be able to do a movie with all the the Sally that he did this year so, <laughs> that was yeah, it would be um, Brady for sure and his Sally after yeah would be a good, uh, <laughs> good video for sure. <laughs> Brady, you've been dobbed in. So, what move would you do? Would you go forehand, backhand? Yeah, probably. It's, it's the only move I did this year. I only got to sh- shoot twice, so I got to got to stick with that move. So, and if it, if it's not broken, man, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Out of all the St. John guys, who is the guy that's the most annoying? You're sitting in the locker room. You're having fun. Who walks in and you sort of go, "Oh no." Who's the prankster? Oh. Who's the guy that gets under your skin? I'll have to go with Vandy. Vanderbilt's definitely the prankster for us. I'd definitely say he's cracked most jokes. Maybe him, maybe Gouldy. I think it's it's a pretty even there, neck and neck. 
they both like to have fun. So they're Do they team up on you guys? Uh, I don't know. I think a couple of the boys love to have fun with some pranks and stuff. I think we get me and Will, Willie get off the hook mostly. I, I wasn't pranked too many times this year. I got the got lucky with that. So um, for me, I gotta watch Burnsy. Sometimes he's sneaky a little bit. Money um, <laughs> forgot his t-shirt somewhere. Um, you gotta lock your locker room. Starting your stall is. Uh, He's a bit sneaky. Yeah, for me, it would be Burnsy. I always have an eye on Burnsy, so uh, that's my personal option. What's your go- Brady, what's your go-to prank then? Uh, prob- i probably got to go with uh, a water bucket, just a bo- little Gatorade water bottle under the helmet and pull it off right before practice. Gets the boys fired up for the practice. So, Who, who are your stall mates, just out of curiosity? I got... Uh, I think we, I did a little switch in my corner halfway through the year, but I had uh, Jordan Spadafore and then I had Kale McCollum, or my two. And who was who was the most annoying out of those? So who was the guy that just didn't keep it clean? Or was it you? Honestly, yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's pretty close. The, the boys were on a tight shift. I think we, I think we got the room pretty clean still. So. <laughs> I don't know, like... I bet my, my shoes are probably around the most under my stall. I probably did the worst job at keeping my shoes in my stall. So I'd probably understand to say I was the worst of the corner for us. So. What about you, William? Um, I had Jordan. Me and Brady was pretty close. So uh, Jordan's Spadafru was uh, between each other. And I had um, James White, who left at Christmas. And after I had uh, Anderson McDonald, yeah, after Christmas. Obviously, Brady said you're a you're a big Crosby fan, and that doesn't answer my next question. But why do you guys wear the numbers that you do? I thought there might have been a bit of a thing there with Brady being a favourite player wearing the number that he does. But why do you guys wear the numbers that you do, Brady? Yeah, uh, before I got to midget, I was always wearing twenty. That was my number, and then when I got to midget. I kind of realised I was a rookie, and <laughs> 20 was taken by a bet. So I think I had, it went down to about three options I had. So I, I stuck with 12 and I was happy wearing 12 and midget. And then I just stuck with it and brought it to St. John. So um, for me, I was balloting um, a Sherbrooke Phoenix player when I was young. And he had a great influence in, uh, in my life and was kind of a role model for me. So and he was wearing the number thirteen for Sherbrooke. So um, since uh, Bantam midget, I uh, thirteen wasn't available. But uh, when I was able to, I was taking number thirteen. And um, obviously, coming into junior, I was able to pick my numbers. So I just um, yeah, I took thirteen. All right, but this one's H U again. Obviously, now you've had your two seasons at at St John's. Who's been the biggest influence? both on and off the ice for you, whether it be a player, a coach. Um, we'll start with Brady on this one. Who's been the biggest influence so far in your career at St. John's? I'll probably have to go with uh, Jeff Cowan, Cowley, coach. Just he's, I think he's got a lot, like, powerful voice, and he's got a good story how he made it to the NHL. He, he wasn't drafted, and he got there as a free agent, got signed his first NHL camp, and I think he was a hardworking player who played the right way, so... I think yep. for me, just being like an undersized guy, he's obviously a bigger guy, but he just knows what it takes to play in the NHL. And like, he's going to tell you with his heart what he thinks you need to do straight from the heart, like what what you need to play in the NHL. He's not going to 
he's not going to give it easy to you. He's going to tell you what you need to do to get better. So I think that he, he gives it to me real. So I need, I know now what I need to do to be a pro player. So obviously he's a huge impact in St. John for me. So he's a straight shooter basically. Yeah. Yeah. And he just kind of showing me what it's going to take. And I know that there's a lot of work to be done. So he's probably a guy that knows what I want to do with hockey. So he helps me a lot with that. What about you, William? Um, same answer for me. Um, um, Kawi has been um, an awesome influence for me. He was uh, uh, he was my D coach for the past uh, year and a half, and obviously became the head coach um, um, early December. But um, you know, we did a lot of video. We had a lot of deep talk. You know, I had, I had my struggles last year, uh, mono and I'm not playing my best hockey. So he helped me a lot through it, and. Uh, I'm really grateful to um, to have him around me in my in my life in in hockey too. So uh, a little bit like Brady, he's he's really honest with you. He wants the best for you. He's been uh, he's been uh, where we are right now. So you know uh, what you need to do to get to the next level. And I think, um, like I said, I'm grateful to have him around me. You seem to my be not the easier ones, but we're looking for the non-obvious answer here. Um, who? This season was the hardest guy to go up against in the queue. Um, you want to go first, really? Yeah. yeah, for me, I gotta go with Jacob Pelche in Moncton. Yeah. Um, I think he's um, he's an annoying player. I mean, I mean, my dad that um, he's always on you. Um, he's doing um, everything good on the ice. He's uh, he's good in every every aspect of the game. So um, he's a really a tough player to guard, a real tough player to play against. So yeah, he will be my pick. Just me being a forward, like sometimes playing on a on a top line, just being on the road, I'd say being in Cape Breton playing against playing there against their big line element in particular. They had a couple guys who were de- definitely hard to play against if you're getting line matched and they're they're some big guys, but they uh they play hard, so you're gonna be playing your best hockey when you're going to Cape Breton because they're gonna play you hard and they're honest players, so you gotta be ready to give it 110 when you're going to that rank because they're going to play hard all night. So you got to know what to expect going into it. Uh, next question. Now, that was the hardest. Was there ever a time at this point this season where you sort of took a few shifts, scattered to the bench and looked over on the other side and just thought, like, who is that guy? Was there anyone that really surprised you or maybe a guy that you didn't expect to make such a, a huge leap in their development this season that you played against and you, you basically just was thinking, wow, he's come on a long way. Um, for me, um, it was Sokola from Cape Breton. Um, I think last year he was a good player, but he wasn't um, fast as he, as he was this year. He wasn't dominant. He was um, this year. I think he came back um, – this year and having 43 goals and I don't know, maybe like 90 points. I'm not sure, but he was like so dominant, um, 6'3", 220 pounds and he was fast, strong. So I think, yeah, he was a guy who was, uh, um, had a, a little bit surprised when I saw him first this year. Uh, probably for me, I only played him twice, but just the D-man or Muskie Belleville, I just – just it was his first year in the league, and him coming in and making that big of an impact, putting up the points he did, obviously, kind of turned a lot of people's heads. And that was a guy that kind of caught me by an eye when I seen him come to the league. He's he was a good player, so he's that's probably my guy. Well, surely William would have given you a bit of an inside word on him. Yeah, <laughs> you'd hope so. All right, and we're gonna wrap up with one final question: if and when 
well, more so when you sit down and you've got a general manager in front of you and they ask you straight to your face, if I draft you, what type of player am I getting and what type of character am I getting? What will be your answer? Brady, we'll start with you. Uh, I'd, I'd probably say I'm someone who wants to wants to win. I'm going to do what it takes to win. I, I think I'm a gamer, like a big game player. So just I'm going to be a guy that's in it for the long run. The guy who wants to win, does what it takes to win because that's what – that's what they look for in players, guys who are going to be hardworking guys and guys that compete and want to win. So that's probably what I am as a guy who's a big game player. Um, for me personally, it's I think I'm a, I'm a winner. Um, since I'm playing hockey, I've always been on the winning team. And um, I understand the process in St. John. We, I think we had a two-development year. But at the end of the day, the uh, two upcoming season, it's uh, it's going to be our years. It's going to be uh, – we need to win. I think uh, um, for us, if we don't win in the next two years, it's going to be a big failure for us with um, with everything that Trevor and the St. John Seed organization are uh, are giving us. Um, and I think I'm, a, yeah, like I said, I'm a winner, a guy who's showing up, showing up every day, trying to get better. And um, I like to, I'm trying to be a good teammate and a funny person in the locker room. So, yeah. Good answers. Uh, well, that just about wraps us up with today, guys. Um, I must big thank you, um, Brady, especially for organising this. It's uh, it's good to talk to you guys. And how would you feel um, post-draft? We catch up for another chat and we can uh, recap on your experiences through the whole draft process and everything. How would that sound? Sounds good to me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. Uh, well, Brady Burns, Will Villeneuve, thank you very much. Um, this has been really good, guys. I appreciate it greatly. Best of luck you know, over the next few weeks. Whatever may happen, I'm not sure, but hope that everything is smooth between now and the draft because it's no one really knows what's going on. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for stopping in. I was getting late for you guys now, so um, I'll let you both go. Thanks, but thank you very much for, for talking to me. Take care. Yeah, thank you. All right, see you, boys. We would both really like to thank uh, Brady and William for coming on the show and uh, just giving us a moment of their time during uh, all of the self-quarantine period. Um, you know, it hasn't been easy on anybody, but we really appreciate them just taking a little bit of moments out of their lives and uh, just getting to come on and talk to us. Uh, and that's going to do it for this episode of Painting Prospects from Florida Ceiling, and we really hope you enjoyed. If you did, a rating and a subscribe are very appreciated. You can find us on Twitter at Brandon Holmes underscore hockey and at Ash Glover hockey and our podcast handle at painting prospects. And that'll do for us today. Bye-bye.